You are listening to the No Formula Podcast, episode number 50. Welcome back to where we chat with a different entrepreneur every week, from app developers, sales experts, and coaches, to authors and social media influencers. We focus on their journeys, how they built their businesses, and the lessons they've learned along the way. Together, we confirm that there is no formula to success. I am your host, Laura L. Bernhardt, and today we are chatting with Mark Metry, the founder of Growcasts, a podcast acceleration network. Mark is a young entrepreneur that started multiple successful ventures. Currently, he is the host of the global top 100 podcasts called Humans 2.0. He's also a TEDx speaker and is featured in Amazon's docuseries, The Social Movement. But in this episode, we focus on Mark's dedication to moving humanity forward. We chat about mental health, how to manage it, and the elements to living a healthy life. Mark and I discuss several topics like technology, purpose, and self-improvement. This raw conversation demonstrates Mark's curiosity and approach to his everyday life that helps him manage his social anxiety all while successfully managing multiple entrepreneurial projects. Visit markmetry.com to learn more about his story and how you can work with him. In the meantime, continue listening to hear Mark's formula to success. Hi, Mark. Thank you so much for being on the No Formula podcast. Yeah, of course, Laura. It's great to uh, to be here. I got my cup of green tea and uh, I'm just living life with no formula, you know? <laughs> no formula. <laughs> oh, love it. Okay, so for anybody who doesn't know who you are, I have a list of things that you've accomplished just so people get an idea, okay? So... <clears throat> You started a successful YouTube channel. You built Minecraft servers, started View Dream, <laughs> started Humans 2.0 podcast. You were featured in Forbes, invited to be in an Amazon docuseries. You gave a TEDx on mental health and social anxiety. You wrote a book. Screw being shy. Being shy. You are a LinkedIn influencer. You have LinkedIn courses. Now you started Growcast and you're working on a nonprofit. Just And above all of that, uh, I'm an uncle to, um, to my 11-month-year-old niece that's going to be one soon. Um, and, you know, honestly, above all that, the number one most important thing that I have learned about life is that it doesn't matter what kind of titles, accolades, um, pride um that that like your ego can can hide under the most important thing is just like you know how you go to sleep at the end of every night and Mm -hmm. and um you know i've you know even though i'm pretty young i'm 23 i've just like learned certain things in my life and i have a ton of mentors of mine who are literally billionaires people who i know who have done crazy things like start netflix to um you know, really just do incredible things all kind of say the same thing. And it's truly led me to believe that, you know, what's inside of your mind. Um, that's the most important thing. And, you know, you can look at that under a lens of mental health. You can look at that under the lens of culture and society and how we look at certain groups of people and, and, and power um, and what's inside everyone's head. Um, but that for me is the most important thing that I've learned. So like, I don't really, I don't care if I have <laughs> started this business or that that's the most important thing because there's people out there who have whatever amount of followers or whatever kind of influencers, but they're just not happy with who they are when they look at themselves in the mirror. And I have my own problems. I'm definitely not happy when I look at myself in the mirror every time, but, um, it's just, you know, this conversation is super important to have and, you know, I, of course I have a business, of course I do different things, but, um, you know, this for me is the most important thing that I could possibly talk about and dedicate my time and create, you know, some content around that I know is going to take people out of their regular lives, whether that's like social media or on podcasts. So I just try my best to make it about the most important stuff. And for me, I think for everyone, really society, I think it's mental health because, if you don't have that, then I don't think you have anything. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I think I think it's important uh, that you said all this right at the beginning because I think you've come a long way. You know, from when you were younger, you were bullied, you suffered from depression, or even suicidal at once, developed social anxiety, all these things. And now that's the first thing you said on this podcast. And I don't know if it's too early to ask you this, but do you remember your turning point? Was there a turning point? Um, I think there are many different turning points. I think there are many moments. But, you know, for example, one moment that I think I had that was like really evident, I think it was probably like two different moments. One was, it was like at the beginning of 2016, or no, um, it was like in the middle of 2016, where I started to just make a lot of changes in my life. And, um, and uh, one of the things that I was trying to do is I was trying to lose weight. I, you know, used to be pretty overweight and obese. And I remember just like doing, just doing certain things. I remember reading some books and like losing weight. And I remember like this one day I was in my apartment and I just like looked at myself in the mirror and I was just like, man, like I, I made a decision about something and then I did it and then I stuck it out and then I got a result and I can see that in front of me. And I honestly think that was the first time where I began to like consciously understand that you could change life, that, that self-development was a real thing, that you can improve life. Prior to that, I had no idea. I never even thought that you could change life or anything like that. And then I think a second time, that was a real like moment or a real um, sim- symbolic moment was uh, I remember in 2017, I was hanging out with a friend of mine and we stepped aside uh, and this was in Boston and um, it was fall. So like the leaves were changing colors. And I remember looking up and I just remember just like, I don't know, it was like the weirdest thing. It was, it was just like all of a sudden, like my vision became like extremely clear. Um, uh, like, I don't know, colors just seemed so vibrant. My, my physical vision felt it was so sharp. And I remember I, I, I told the story on a podcast and someone said, it sounds like you're on drugs, but um, no, I wasn't. But, but anyway, I say that because, you know, that was a time where I had really started to like rewire my brain, change my mindset, change my biochemistry, change my outlook on life, change my goals, my purpose, my path. And, um, and I literally like, it was, I think in life, you don't really see like a, like an immediate change or like, you don't see a physical change happen right in front of you. But I think that was like a rare moment where I actually did see, um, my, my physical vision and and like how I physically saw the world change. And then you, you look at it later and I mentioned the study in my book and it shows that, you know, people who are depressed, you know, the, there's this neurotransmitter in your brain called serotonin. And if that is at a um, like malfunctioning level, because that's usually what happens to people who are depressed, um, then that may affect your vision. That may make you see the world literally in a more like darker black and white mm-hmm. physical vision. Um, and so all of a sudden my vision became like super vibrant and sharp. And like, that's the way it was then on out. Um, and I just really sort of saw that. And so, yeah, I mean, there were... I have moments like that all the time. Like I had a moment, I had a moment, I would say that changed my life like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. You know, I think it, it always happens. Um, if you're always on, like, if you're always trying to be bold in your life, if you're always trying to be a learner, um, Mm -hmm. like, you know, that's why I like when I go on these podcasts and, you know, people list out my accomplishments and in my head, I'm like, like what? I'm just some person who's out here living my life, um, trying my best. Yeah, but I think it's everyone, everyone, because not everyone can accomplish or figure out what you figured out, right? And you did it in such a short period of time where people can look at your accomplishments and say like, wow, that's super amazing. I also want to do that, right? And I think that's, they kind of look up to you, right? I mean, I think the second part is the most important thing. Like, honestly, I think the worst thing from me doing like this whole thing is the fact that, 
I mean, almost everyone I talk to, at least like at a professional level, if it's like on a podcast or a business thing, mm-hmm. they're older than me, like mm-hmm. mostly all the time. And they always say that to me and it always bums me out because the truth is, is like, there are 16 year olds out there who are destroying me, you know, who have way mm-hmm. more accomplishments than me. And so you can always play that game. But the truth is, is I've just learned that you just have to look at it from a, like an educational um, like, like disassociate yourself perspective because, um, I mean, man, it's so easy to just like go on, whatever it is, go on LinkedIn, go on Instagram, go on podcasts and just be like, Oh my God, I can't believe, you know, how many followers this person has or how much more Mm -hmm. successful they are than me. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think the most important thing that I've learned is to, um, is to be like a, like a student of the mind. I think one of the most important things that people need to do is, whenever something happens, there's always the, there's always like the proximate cause, which is usually what you see. But then there's always a deeper cause in and of itself. Um, I'm, so I'm just like a super, super, uh, like very psychoanalytical person. Yeah, <laughs> super that's introspective. fine. And like, just like, you know, one of the most important things that I've learned is to just always try to like, look at things from a root cause perspective of like, you know, why am I looking at life like, like this way? Why am I using my phone in this way? Why am I, you know, why, why am I doing these certain habits? Um, okay. Can we go in- you can- Sorry, I was just going to say, can we go into an example before you move on? Like something yeah, sure. you might have done like yeah, the sure. last week? Yeah. I mean, I mean, sure. I mean, I think this is a very common example. I mean, um, you know, there's a lot of people that say, um, you know, like I'm so addicted to social media. I'm so addicted to Instagram or whatever it is. Um, and I think, I think, yeah, th- these things are definitely designed to be addictive, mm-hmm. but I think, um, I think it's an escape that most people are, are doing voluntarily, whether they think about it or not. Um, and, um, and I think people often just jump to blame their phone or jump to blame Facebook or whatever app yeah. versus actually saying like, no, I'm actually, I actually want to be distracted because I don't want to focus on whatever I'm trying to focus on because, um, I have a need to distract myself, not from the outside world, but psychologically speaking, my psyche wants to distract itself to avoid whatever kind of pain that I may or may not be in. So that's like an example that I have, you know, seen. And, um, you know, it's just super important, at least for, for someone like me to look at life like that sometimes, not all the time though, cause that can hurt your head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think it's just being honest with yourself taking the time to reflect on, okay, why am I doing this? And then, and just being honest with yourself. And I actually did that when I first downloaded TikTok and I was just like, oh my God, this is so addicting. I just want to see all the dances. And, and then I I had to delete it because it was distracting me. And I was like, you know what? I know I don't feel, I might not feel like, you know, editing a podcast or whatever it was. I'm like, but it's really distracting me. So I deleted it. For a while until I got everything in order and then I went back you know because I was like okay it's entertaining I'm still allowed to have it but I can't use it as an excuse anymore yeah for sure and it's so important to, to see that you know like I like this is I think a really great example of this too is um like when it comes to dating when it comes to like dating apps like I, you know I thank god I deleted all that crap off my phone but you know I think me and a lot of other people were like you know, you, you're like on Instagram and then, you know, you're just like looking around and then you, you know, see a picture from, from like some attractive model. And then you think like, wow, I'm not dating anybody. I'm lonely. And then you go to like Tinder or you go to whatever dating app and then you, and then you just start swiping and then you're like, wow, why am I doing this? Like, this is, this is, this feels so weird. Like, why am I trying to look for people like that? And then, and then, you know, all, all my matches aren't, aren't great or, or it's like whatever. And then that makes me sad. And then it just like puts you in like these different cycles, different feedback loops. And then it's like, yeah. Hey, and then when you're sad and then, and then you go to, you know, your freezer and you eat some ice cream or like you eat some cookies and then that makes you feel this way. And then that affects your energy. Mm-hmm. And then because your energy is in this way. Yeah. And so I'm pretty weird. I like to talk about that stuff, but. Um, and we're both talking about it. It's fine. <laughs> Okay. So fun fact about that. Okay. I never had any dating apps or anything on my phone, but I deleted 
Facebook, Snapchat, and Instagram for two years. Now I have it back because of the podcast. But for two years, or even a little bit longer, I deleted all of it. Do you know how liberating that is? (laughs) Just like I could never do that. And it was so great because then I would get together with a friend and then they'd tell me all these things. I'm like, what? When did this happen? They'll be like, oh, last year. (laughs) And it was great because then all the conversations were true, like so natural. And everything that they told me was so, like I was genuinely shocked because I didn't know anything that was going on. So there's obviously a downside. So like you're very much out of mind. Nobody remembers like who you are. And when you have a business and when you, you know, want to build a brand, that's not ideal. But at the time I wasn't doing that. So it didn't, oh, it didn't, didn't bother me. Actually, it was great because I, I felt myself going into that feedback loop where I just felt shitty, you know, and you're just spending so much time kind of just embracing everybody else's lives. Like it sucks, especially when they're like on the beach or something and you don't live near a beach. Me, <laughs> you know? Yeah, for sure. And I think like, honestly, like from my perspective, like I don't, I wouldn't say that I don't, I don't agree, but you know, everyone has their own path, mm-hmm. but what I've learned is I don't really, I'm not a fan of, um, you know, like deleting apps. I'm not a fan of doing, mm-hmm. even though like, I, even though I don't, I don't really use Facebook at all. So I guess I don't have Facebook, but, um, you know, everyone should take their own approach, but yeah, you know, I think, I think, um, I think, yeah, I mean, if there's like a thousand different apps out there, I don't think you need to be on all of them, but, um, but like, I, I feel like there's just so often like people, like I talk to a lot of people and they say, oh yeah, I deleted this app. Then they end up re-downloading it and then they just end up going back to it the same mm-hmm. exact way they used to use it. So I think like for me, what I've seen is that like, I think if anything, like your phone is challenging us all mm-hmm. when it comes to like our psychology and our mental state. Um, and so there are some people who can just power through that and they're not even that affected. Uh, I think, I think with me, some, sometimes with some things I'm like that. Um, but I think the most important thing is we just need to learn how to use our phones. We need to learn how to deal with technology because I don't think that the answer is just deleting it. I don't mm-hmm. think the answer is just not using it. I, there's no way I could do that. If, you know, if you want to go live in the woods and never use your, like, you know, everyone can go do that if they want to, um, but I definitely think that technology is, a, is generally speaking a good thing and, and it can honestly be um, like a mirror for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think that, um, you know, if you are not in a, if your mental health is, is, um, is not in a great place, then yeah, if you go on Instagram, you're screwed or, or really anything, any kind mm-hmm. of app. Um, and so I think the most important thing is that we look inside first, psychologically speaking, and we're like, what are, what is, what is like, what is our phone addiction trying to tell us? Or like, when we feel this certain way, what does that mean? And then two is like, how do we put technology in our lives in a way that it's balanced and it's just integrated so that it doesn't suck us out? Um, and that could be, those could be like, you know, technology hygiene habits, or, or that could be like different ways, like use different apps and like build out different systems or different email things so that you're not on your phone all the time or like getting an assistant. And so, yeah, I think that's like the most important thing that I've learned about phones. But, but anyway, you know, I was just talking about this is just like a very small example of, um, of like a meta skill that I think people should have in life of Mm -hmm. like, like when something happens and you're like, Oh, that's my problem. You should always question it and be like, what is actually the problem? What's like the root cause? What's happening underneath the surface? Because I think like a lot of these things I talk about and screw being shy or things about mental health, that's really what it's about. A lot of it is about asking yourself the hard questions that a lot of us have been running away from, like the truth for, for multiple different reasons, um, you know, in, in regards to life. So yeah, I mean, it's definitely a super interesting conversation for sure. I also think it's being aware and mindful of, of any of these things, whether it's technology, a new person in your life, it's just always going back to reflection and asking those hard questions like, oh, is this person, you know, helping me or are they bringing me down kind of thing, you know, when you have those terrible friends or whatever. Um, Oh, (laughs) Oh, there's a story there. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, what I would say is that I don't really have any terrible friends, but I mean, they're definitely still terrible people. Like, there's people out there who, um, who like shit crap on me, um, and, you know, talk haters. back, spread rumor, haters, people who who like saw me for ten minutes in my childhood that say I'm like a liar and like I lie about my like all sorts of different things, and that's what happens. Like, what I've learned is when you when you like get out there when you, you know, you start going on Forbes, TEDx, Amazon Prime, all these different things, you get in all these different circles and you really get out there, then, you know, people in your past life and then people who are jealous, um, just like, you know, start talking crap. And so I don't really have any bad friends now, but I mean, there's still people like that. So, um, but I remember when I did have bad friends, man, that's such a toxic Mm-hmm. Um, mental environment to, to be in, especially, you know, if you have like social anxiety or you're someone who really cares for people, you're sensitive, maybe, you know, you are in tune with your emotions, you know, that can be very dangerous for sure. Um, mm-hmm. So ultimately and- it's about controlling what you can control, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think, I think now you're just in a different circle, so you don't have to deal with those, but you also got yourself out of it. Right. And I kind of want to discuss that a little bit because I think from everything I learned from looking up from your story and your book and stuff is that you change your mindset. Right. So I wanted to know if you have advice or tools to help other people. I wouldn't say change, but like improve or develop. Yes, absolutely. So I think the most important thing is, yes, I did totally change my mindset, but I think I also changed my brain. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, I think there's, there's a lot of, every, a lot of people talk about mindset, but I think people are missing most of the picture. Uh, I think people are only seeing half the picture. And the reason why I say that is because I think one of the most important things that I learned and I, I really try to do this in the book. And like, as you, like what you'll notice is as you read it and as you get past like chapter three and you get into chapter four, you know, one of the big, one of the, like that chapter is called, um, your one of your biggest starting leverage points is your biochemistry and that's where things you know i start to talk about different like studies scientific studies uh things like that because one of the biggest things that i've learned is what you know what is your mindset your mindset is how your mind looks at things and its attitude and its beliefs okay well where is your mind your mind is in a physical organ called your brain. And so basically, if you look at it, mindset is important, but also so is like your brain health, your brain set. And it is so easy to have um, such a, uh, a, a damaged brain, I would say. It's vi- like, it, like most people have damaged brains. And what I mean by that is, the way that our society has, you know, created so much prosperity and technology and, you know, we all get to sit inside rather than, you know, be outside in like the rain or whatever. Um, those things, a lot of the times were kept in mind in terms of our safety, in terms of our comfort, a lot of this technology that was built. Um, but not so much in regards to how our brain has naturally evolved for thousands of years alongside nature in a feedback loop. And so what I mean by that is um, I had a, I had a doctor, his name is Dr. Daniel Amen on my podcast. And this guy is um, this guy is like the, the brain health doctor of like Justin Bieber, Miley Cyrus. Um, And one of the things that he told me was that one of the, commonalities that he's seen in people who uh have issues with their mental health they have anxiety they have depression they have you know other things um is a deficiency in vitamin d how do you get vitamin d you go outside in the sun or you get it from you know um like uh, a lot of times like animal like healthy animal rich sources and so a lot of people don't aren't doing either one of those um and so, you know, you look at it and then it's like, hey, if you are, you know, constantly like being stimulated, you're constantly drinking coffee, you're not standing up, you're sitting down, you're not really exercising, you're eating junk food, um, you're not going outside, 
you're, you know, you're vaping or you're smoking or you're drinking, doing whatever, um, you know, that stuff tears down in your brain. Uh, a lot of the times, if you don't have healthy habits to offset those or balance those out, that destroys your brain. Um, and so I think one of the most important things that I've learned is like, if you can get your brain health right, then your mind will automatically follow. And like what, for example, what I mean by that is like, I meet people, Laura, who have read every book in the world and who listen to all the podcasts in the world, but yet they haven't really, you know, there isn't a, a, a massive um, like margin of, of progress. And even they say that to themselves. Um, and I think a big part of that has to do with people are focusing a lot on the software, but not so much the hardware. And I think, I think, um, you know, people think like, oh yeah, it's all about the mind. And I think part of it is, but a big part of it too, is your, is like your biochemistry. Like what's going on? Like, what is your brain doing? Um, uh, you know, wh what are your neurotransmitters doing? Is your brain inflamed? Um, and when you begin to look at it from this perspective, mental health really becomes like a science project approach because you're like, huh, what can I experiment with here? And then what you'll notice is as you experiment, your life will literally begin to get better. Your brain, your mindset itself will improve. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's super important. And like some examples of that are, um, some examples of that are is like uh, getting your, your gut microbiome and, uh, and like different parts of your cells tested and seeing if anything uh, comes up in terms of like your nutrition. Nutrition is so important for mental health. I don't think most people know this. 90% um, of your serotonin neurotransmitters that are responsible for regulating your mood, uh, regulating your appetite, your sexual desire, sleep, how you function in social groups, 90% of that isn't even in your brain. It's in your gut microbiome, which is like when you eat food, there's like a bacterial system that consumes that food first and then it gives it to your body to process. Um, and so starting to eat healthy, all that stuff is so important. Um, meditating, meditation is so big. Um, that's a physical activity that is used to leverage your mental, your psychological state. Um, exercising is massive. Sleeping is so big. Um, I think one of the big ones too is like doing one thing at a time. Mm -hmm. So like, I think, I think, uh, you know, our generation, like if you're constantly doing six things at a time, you're always going to be freaking out. You're never going to have time to have that internal stillness and be grounded within. And like, you see this all the time, you know, you're having a conversation with somebody and then all of a sudden they, they pull out their phone and they're like checking their email and they're doing like six other things. And it's like, what are you talking about? Did you're supposed to be having a conversation with me looking at me in the eye. And it's, it's so sad that like, this is, this is what's normal. Um, because it, it harms our brains. There's like so many different things that I could go into, but I think I don't that's, think one that's of the most normal. If someone does this to you, you're talking to them and they're like, oh. like, that's not normal. Yeah, no, no, it's not. I mean, no, it's not. I mean, I don't, I don't really have people in my life that do that, but yeah, I, f I for sure like see that all the time though. Yeah, that's true. People think they can multitask, but it's just, it's not a, not a good thing to do. It doesn't get you anywhere. Okay. I have a, I have a question for you. I don't know if it's yes. an ignorant one, so bear with me. I don't think there are any ignorant questions. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so you suffered from social anxiety, depression, Yes. And I'm not an expert on those topics. Um, how does someone stay motivated while going through that? Right? Yeah. So like people can be yeah. listening to this and think that they're behind or they're not accomplishing something because of their mental state. But I think you are a great example that you still got things done, even if you weren't in the best state of mind. Yeah. I mean, what, what, I, what I would say is that um, I don't think it's about motivation at all. I think motivation is so easy to get. You can get motivation by um, getting a cup of coffee. You can get motivation by listening to a motivational YouTube video and going for a run. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many different ways to get motivation. Um, 
I think the real one is how do you have the real internal desire to seek the truth and what's meaningful in your life? And then I think too is how do you set up the right systems and tools and habits to help you when you feel like you can't help yourself? So I feel like that's like really where the, where the question or what people should be looking at because um, the truth is, is like it's so easy to get motivation. And so when it comes to like, how do you do these things? I think one is, I think if people are feeling like that, like if people are feeling like they can't do these things because they're in their certain mental states, that has to do with, with your identity. That has to do with the story in your head that is being played. And why is that happening? That has to do with your psychology. That has to do with what happened in the first 10 years, early part of your life that then neurochemically began to set you on that standpoint. And like, again, what I've learned a lot with mental health is when you look at it from like this, this, uh, I hope common sense, but scientific perspective, you really just begin to release the, like the, like the sense of blame, like, like the morality of it. Um, like I think for the longest time, I, I always used to think like before I even knew what social anxiety was, but I lived with it my entire life. I always just thought that there was just something wrong with me and like, Oh, how could I do something different? Because I'm this person who sucks, who is that, who's this, who's that. But then all of a sudden when you find out what social anxiety actually is, it's like, Oh, this is just like a scientific phenomenon that happens in somebody's brain. And if I can learn more about this and I can just do these things that I have been like scientifically validated or just proven by other people and other people's stories, then maybe I can try that and experiment with that. And so I think that's, that's so important. And, and like, I, yeah, I totally agree with you from the perspective of there's no formula, but you can definitely look at other people's stories and be like, huh, okay, that's interesting that they tried that. Uh, maybe I should try this. Um, like for example, like I literally got a, I got an email uh, the other day from someone who said that they were going to commit suicide, but they listened to a podcast of mine and they said that they began to like look at life differently and begin to do different things. And now they're not going to, and they're focusing on taking care of bigger things. Um, and so like, that's like the most important thing. If you can find somebody else's story and you can see how they did it, then it's possible. And like, the truth is, is, Nobody is going to do what I've done, but I think everybody can do like whatever they want to do. Mm. Um, and, um, and yeah, and I mean, that's just the truth. And, um, you know, like for me, like I, I come from a background where, um, my parents come from no money. I had no money. We lived on government housing, food stamps, never had any kind of connections, no setup. Um, remember facing a ton of racism, um, a lot of different kinds of uh, abuse. Um, and so people have worse problems than me. People don't have, I mean, there's no point in comparing who has worse problems or not because it's, it doesn't really matter. It's all subjective. It's all based on like that in person's uh, sort of mental state. But, um, but yeah, the most important thing that uh, like people can do in terms of this is just to find that real sense of purpose within themselves and that's going to come through you, you, like your deepest source of pain. Like purpose comes from your pain. Um, and then your passion to help other people through that. Um, and so, yeah, if you have that and then you're able to set up like the right systems and just understand that if you're depressed, if you're anxious, or if you have no energy, you just, you can't look at it from the perspective of, oh, I'm Mark and I'm this person who's lazy or I'm this person who's depressed or I'm this person, um, you know, who needs motivation because the truth is, is I think if you can dig psychologically more, you look at your identity, you look at the story you're telling yourself and then you begin to realize that like you just work at it every single day. It's not about judging yourself within the lens of a moment about, about like, hey, I'm not productive enough or I'm not doing this because the truth is, is, you should judge yourself in, in 10 year increments. You know, like I, mm. I think I'm going to judge myself based on everything I'm doing when I'm like 29, because I started this journey when I'm 19. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think life takes a while to unfold, but you just got to make the most out of it every day. And you also have to realize that you're literally going to die one day. 
you know, like I could yeah. literally at the end of this interview, I could step out, get hit by a truck and uh, I'm gone. And at the end of the day, it's like, hey, did I really present my authentic true self and the way that I wanted to be presented to the world on Laura's podcast in this limited time that I have with her? Um, like in like in this moment in time right now. So, you know, I think that's like what's important because if you can look at it from that perspective, then it's like, okay, even if I'm not motivated or even if I am feeling this way, I just need to look at myself as a person and have compassion for myself. And then just like, you know, try to talk to myself and like see like what's up and see what I can do about it. Or sometimes, you know, you shouldn't do anything about it. Sometimes you just need to go to sleep, you know, so. Sleep it off. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, Mark, what is your purpose? Um, so this is interesting. I mean, I think, I think my main purpose is to give a voice to people who feel like they don't have a voice. And that's because, you know, I spent literally the first part of my life literally trying to hide from the world, not wanting anybody to know my name, my story, but yet that's all I do. And I do that because, um, you know, literally millions of people are, have gone through, have been through what I have been through and um, they don't feel represented. They don't feel like they can look out into the world mm -hmm. at like a role model and be like, oh wow, that's like a person. Like, cause I, when I was growing up, I didn't have any role models. I never looked at whatever, like Michael Jordan or, or whoever. I'm like, wow, I want to be like him or, or like, or like my dad or anybody like that. Um, and so I think that's super important. I think kids and, and everyone needs more examples of that mm -hmm. so they can find it within themselves yeah especially if if because now i i'm not sure if it's true but a lot of younger people are dealing with like you know mental health issues and if they look into the world and everyone is super happy and jolly they'll never feel connected to any of those people right which is why i love that you talk about it in your story and you have a book about it and you talk about like, this is what I did. This is how I overcame it. This is how I deal with it every single day, et cetera, et cetera, which is so important. And speaking of that, do you have, I know you mentioned meditation before, and maybe we can go into that a little bit, but on a daily basis, how do you, how do you protect your mental health? I know there's exercise. I know there's uh, what you eat and meditation. Is there anything else? Because you said systems before. Are there any other systems you use to help you? Yeah. Super interesting question. How do you protect your mental health? Huh. Because I Super feel like I feel like you overcame it and now you're maintaining it. Right? Just like we all are in a way. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it's uh it's it's interesting. I think that the main thing, um, I think the main thing that people need to do is people need to live inside out. And what that means is a lot of people will live outside in. Mm -hmm. And so they, they wake up, they are, um, they, uh, you know, they like, they like, I don't know, they talk to their partner or they ask what their partner needs or they go on their phone, they check, their email, they check their social media, they check their texts, they're checking the outside world um, and how they're responding to that. Um, and so I think if you are living like that from, you know, that's just an example, but if you're doing that, I think throughout your entire life and you never truly are able to ask yourself um, what you should be doing or who you even are, then I think a lot of people can have mistakes and you know, there is a right balance, but I think when you start to live inside out, I think that's where you really are able to transform your life because if you're just always constantly reacting to people, to external events, sometimes you need to, but I think if you're always doing that, you never have time to create, you never have time to build. Mm -hmm. And so if you approach it from that perspective, um, it's not, you know, I like, I like what you use protect, but I don't necessarily think it's about protecting your mental health. I think it's more about how do you, how do you build your mental health? Um, and then also have like realistic expectations around it. 
right? Like I think a lot of people think that you're supposed to be happy all the time. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, no, you're not supposed to be happy all the time. Like, you know, if you look at your brain from a scientific perspective, your brain's not, your brain's priority is not to keep you happy. It's, I don't even think it's one of its main priorities unless you train it to be. Um, and your brain's main priority is to help you survive. Um, it's not to keep you happy. And so I think if you're able to look at it from a realistic setting, then, then that's good. Um, and so, yeah, when you start to live inside out, a lot of these like habits and whatnot, I think they'll come naturally. Um, but in terms of, you know, other stuff that people can do, I think, uh, I think sleep, sleep is a big one. Um, I think constantly having conversations with yourself is super important from the perspective of like, you can see this a lot in like journaling. If you like write down your thoughts, but then also like, like just talking to yourself. Um, and what I mean is like, not I me, mean, yeah, I guess you could talk out loud to yourself, but um, you know, a, a sort of psychological theory um, it, it's called um, like inner child. And basically what it's about is it basically says that based on how you were parented, that is how you're going to self-regulate your own emotions and, and basically parent yourself. And so for a lot of us who, even if we did have parents like that weren't like, I don't know, like crazy alcoholics or whatever, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of different people's parents, you know, were, um, weren't really emotionally available or were very negligent, didn't really parent their kids right. Um, and, you know, we all have a degree, we all have a, a degree to this within our own lives, but um, like speaking to your inner child speaking to like the inner kid that's inside of you is so important. And I, and like what that looks like is like, you know, like today at 11 AM, I was supposed to be like doing this kind of work, but then I was just getting, I was just like, I don't really want to do this. And I just want to like run around and <laughs> I want to go for a walk. or I just want to go screw around or something. I hope you did and, that. Um, no, I didn't. And I was basically like, I was basically like, like, listen, listen, Marky, uh, <laughs> listen, Marky, like that's, that's good, man. But, but listen, you know, we have this previous commitment. We got to do this. And, um, like, you know, in, in half an hour from now, in one hour, we'll go do that. We're going to go for a walk. We're going to eat. We're going to do the things that I want to do. Um, and so a lot of it is just about like talking about yourself. You know, a lot of people say like, Oh, talk to yourself, how you talk to like a best friend. Um, and so a lot of it is like from that perspective, um, because I think one is like, I think a lot of us, we have so many different thoughts. We have so many different things going on about so many different projects and people and, and places and ideas and all these different things that a lot of times it gets lost and you just don't even like, you don't even know how to think about it. You forgot to think about it. Um, and so I think writing these things down, talking, like talking sort of to yourself, it helps you kind of reframe these things. Um, because really, you know, I think step one is you have to look at your energy. You have to look at your energy levels. That's the most important thing that's going to come from your exercise, food, Mm -hmm. sleep, uh, doing what you want to be doing, because even if you know what to do, but you don't have the energy, you still won't do it. Uh, especially if you know something that you should be doing. Uh, so that's the most important thing for sure. But, um, Aside from that, then I really think it's about looking at your emotional state and looking at your thoughts and finding ways to, you know, sort of organize your thoughts. Like I said, you know, if you, if you journal your thoughts and you write down uh, a thought, which the average human being has an average of like 60,000 thoughts a day, then what happens is your brain sees that thought on a piece of paper. And then what happens is it forms a different feedback loop. And you actually think different thoughts than if you were to just think what you wrote down. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like a major way that our brain works is um, like, there's another, there's another theory I'm blanking on it, but it's something about feedback loops. And it's basically like our mind has evolved where it doesn't just think inside of our minds. It thinks with our minds in conjunction to feedback loops that are happening. So like, for example, when you're driving a car, Mm-hmm. Right. So like you, you kind of like become the car, like your brain is like, I get turned left. I turn right like that. That's why um, you do that's, this. Like- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Okay, that's cool. Um, like you just like with a book, when you're reading a book, like you start to think different thoughts. Uh, when you're out for a run, when you're engaging like with nature, you're engaging with a friend of yours, or a partner, you think different thoughts than the thoughts that you would think if you were by yourself. And so when you are able to write those thoughts down and it, like you're just by yourself and you look at those thoughts, you're now able to have different kinds of thoughts that are above the thought that you just thought at like a meta level. And when you're able to think at that meta level, then that's where you can begin to architect new thoughts in your brain, new ways to think about things. Um, you know, there's also this other thing where um, it's, um, there's also this other thing, you know, like there's, there's all sorts of things that you can do. There's like cognitive behavioral therapy tricks. There's this one called um, ant automatic negative thought. And so basically if you can raise your consciousness to a certain level, you basically become aware of certain negative thought dreams that you can fall down under. And so personally, one of them for me is thinking that I'm a loser and I have to prove myself to the world because I used to have no friends and now I'm trying to gain validation from the world and like really all those things. And so if I notice, if I, if I can locate that first thought, the first train that triggers things, and I can realize that and count to three, two, one, or have some kind of thing in the real world, people can do mm -hmm. like an elastic band, you snap yourself, mm -hmm. then you're like, you shut that down before it starts. And obviously this can be harder or easier for some people than others. For me, I would even say two years ago, I probably couldn't do this. But then as you like start to build your brain, you start to build your neurotransmitters, you start to not engage in, in various toxic behaviors and substances for your brain and your brain literally becomes stronger. At least for me, then that's where I was able to then like have more mental willpower to shut down things in my brain. Because previously I could never do that ever. Um, I didn't even know that was a thing. And so, yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of things that, that people can look into. Um, you know, what I would say is, damn it, I'm looking for this book. Um, there's all sorts of books. I would say if people check out my podcast, I, I talk mm -hmm. to way smarter people than me. I talk to like neuroscientists, people who have done so much stuff in the world at so many le amazing levels. People can just learn about that to get like more information or obviously check out my books for being shy. Um, and I love that you have all these examples, but you got them from like books and your own research. I mean, it depends on, on what we're talking about. You know, like for example, for me, um, one thing that you'll learn is that mental health is tightly correlated to physical health. And mm -hmm. so on top of like social anxiety, anxiety, depression, I also faced various like health issues like uh, asthma, um, various issues with like my stomach, gastrointestinal problems, insomnia, uh, different physical health conditions. And what I began to realize is as I began to improve my mental health, and it was actually really like my nutrition, my diet, a lot of these health problems that I had just literally went away. And I remember going to different doctors and them telling me that whatever I'm doing to keep doing, and you look at it, um, and it's food. And like I've done some of that through experiments on my own. Some of it has been led by books. Some of it has been, uh, I don't know, motivated by other like smarter people, mentors of mine. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I read a ton. I have a podcast. I talk to, I, I mean, I'm so proud of my network. I have leaders like in so many different industries working on a lot of the stuff that we're talking about. Um, and so, yeah, I'm around this stuff all day. And some, and you know, sometimes things update and I'm always trying to like learn about mm -hmm. it new every day. So I love that. It's such a big focus for you. Like I, I also look through your podcast and stuff. And you have a lot of like doctors and you just really love talking about that stuff. Yeah. I love talking about it because I know that I'm 23 years old and I know that right now I'm just setting down the, um, you know, the foundation for my life, really like the basic building blocks. I'm, you know, I haven't even started yet. Um, and so I definitely know that, you know, I definitely think that, um, especially when it comes to the more, I would say dangerous or uh, it's the wrong word, but more serious mental health problems, um, or people who are at like that detrimental mental level, mm -hmm. you know, I definitely think that throughout our lifetime, I definitely think that we're going to be able to, as a human species, solve some of these problems. So I don't know what that's going to look like or with what kind of technology, but. 
I know that one day, whether that's like 10 years from now or 20 years from now, I know I definitely want to be somehow, some way involved in, you know, at least doing it or, or being on a team mm-hmm. that can like literally like cure some of these things that can just make new solutions for our society in regards to these things. So, I, so for right now, I'm just like learning about, it. I'm just taking notes. Like that's Dude, the it's level your I'm passion. at. It's your passion. So, and you can, you can tell, right. In one of your interviews, you said that we're all working towards our dream life. So I want to ask you, what does your dream life look like? You know, honestly, today has not been that great of a day, but regardless, today has been like, this is my dream life right here. But like, you're living. A, yeah. And obviously there are definitely improvements that I can say, but what I've learned is that like, yo, if you make like, yeah, you could go spend your, your life on a beach one day, whatever, take pictures of it and post it on LinkedIn, do whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you can't, like, if you're not happy with who you are, when you go to sleep at night if you can't be by yourself for a second, if you can't have peace and, uh, and tranquility and passion within your own mind, then nothing else matters. So that's just the most important thing that I've learned. And that's why I'm going to keep talking about it. Yeah. And if, if nobody believes Mark, there's actually, I just stumbled upon this like last week or something. There are videos on YouTube of celebrities talking about how their money is not correlated to their happiness, you know? And they all pretty much, I pressed on one because they're like three minutes long. I pressed on one and they literally said exactly what you just said. It's you have to be happy with yourself and what's going on internally. So I love that message. Yeah, and I think the truth is, is that money or no money, I think just a lot of people aren't happy with who they are. And Mm -hmm. so the truth is, is like, the, the truth is that mental health, aside from maybe like, like, like health factors, um, it's an indicator. Like there's mm-hmm. a reason why I had social anxiety for a lot of my life. And that's because I wasn't living, I wasn't being the person who I was, who I was born to be. And so that's a massive part of it too, of like a lot of us face these different anxieties and depressions because of something that our that life is trying to tell us that's wrong. And so that's also a, like a big part of the conversation of two of like people need to change their lives, whether that's, you know, who, like who they surround themselves with, whether that's what they do for a living. Like there's a lot of hard conversations that need to be had because um, for some people uh, this can control a lot of your mental health. And so like, for example, for me, like when I was in college, yo, I'm sorry, but there's no way that I was born to uh, sit down uh, in a college classroom, uh, at least in the college that I went to. Um, Most people aren't, don't worry. <laughs> um, I mean, some people are, some I mean, it yeah. depends. There are, there are some good colleges out there and different things like that. Good professors. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, there's just certain environments that if you are this kind of person, like there's just no way that you're going to be able to have like a, um, you know, like a dream life, uh, you know, it's going to be good for your mental health. So I think that's a major part of the conversation too. Yeah. And then it, like you, we discussed before, it's just being aware. It's having that conversation with yourself saying, Hey, something's not right. Now, how am I going to go about finding out what that is and then trying to solve it and then make this change, the changes that I need to make in order for this to go away. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think it's ever going to go away, but <laughs> you don't I think, think to so? a degree, I mean, I don't know. I don't mean, I don't know exactly what you're talking about, but I think a big part of it is like, for example, my book is called Screw Being Shy, mm-hmm. learn, learn how to manage social anxiety. At first, the subtitle was learn how to eliminate social anxiety. Mm-hmm. And then the truth is, is that there's no really such thing as eliminating things in life, especially when it comes to this deep out of level. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the truth is, is that you have to learn how to manage it. You have to learn how to balance yeah. it. And the truth is, is that is the right perspective to take because if you have like this false narrative of like, oh, I, if I, if I meditate or if I eat healthy, I should never have anxiety again. Mm-hmm. That literally just sets you up for failure. That literally sets you up to be unhappy. Um, and so I think that's one of the most important things that people want to have, just like a realistic, uh, approach. Yeah. And, um, and it can be hard to look at that if you've been living in an extreme 
of being super depressed for a long time mm-hmm. or, you know, on an ego trip because you got whatever, some kind of success. And like the truth is, is like success is, um, I think money is definitely important. You know, I don't think there's any coincidence that a lot of people who are poor also have mental health or have a higher likelihood of having mental health problems because if you do, if you like don't know how to pay your bills next month that's gonna freak like that's just gonna freak out anybody yeah. out like there's no way you can be mentally healthy um yeah. and, and so there's definitely a level but then yeah past a certain amount of money doesn't really affect you but honestly i became successful at a pretty young age i became i became financially successful when i was like 15 16 mm-hmm. if anything yo facing success that early that could easily exacerbate and make your mental health way worse and I think that was a major thing with me of like, if you're not ready to play at the big levels, but then you get dropped there due to luck, due to whatever, yo, your mind, your body's going to take a, a toll. Um, mm-hmm. and so that's a, that's a big part of the conversation I think too, that's, if you're lucky enough to get there. Yeah. I think that's very important to highlight is that you're managing everything that you're going through. My example was before it was more like, oh, let's say you don't like your job. Or let's say you have a bad friend, like we were saying before, like being able to identify those things and eliminating those things or changing them because you don't have to manage terrible friends. You don't have to hang around them. You don't have to keep those jobs. And all that is to help manage your mental state. Right? Yeah. So I have one final question for you before we part ways. This podcast is called the No Formula Podcast because no formula. <laughs> no formula because there is no formula to success. And we know that there's obviously like you know good habits to get to be successful and things like that, but everyone has their unique formula. So I wanted to ask you what do you think is your formula that got you to your success? Number one is the truth. Uh, you have to religiously obey the truth from the perspective of you need to be a truth seeker. Everything you need to do, you always need to ask, what is the truth of this? How am I lying to myself? Number two is you need to look at pain in your life. How are you dealing with pain in your life? What do you do when you're sad? What do you do when you're confused? What do you do when you're lonely? Uh, what, what kind of coping mechanisms have you developed consciously or unconsciously to deal with the pain? switch out the negative coping mechanisms with more healthier coping mechanisms. Number three is your energy. Uh, Like I said to you before, if you don't have the energy, it doesn't matter how many books, doesn't matter how many podcasts you've listened to. Mm -hmm. uh, It doesn't matter how how many notes you have. uh, You have to make sure you take care of your energy and you build your energy with food, with sleep, with exercise, um, with meditation, um, and so, yeah, you have to pay attention to your energy. Number four is you have to put yourself in some kind of a system. You have to put yourself in some kind of a system where even if you quit, um, you have sort of a, an outside source. And that system could literally be like, that could be your business or that could even mean like, you know, having a family from the perspective of like, like, for example, you know, like when I go to the gym, <laughs> when I go to the gym, like part of my motivation, especially if I'm hitting like a super high rep is to think like, Hey, what if I'm out with my, my girl and someone tries to attack us? I have to be able to defend myself. And so part of it is having like an outside set of things that you really love, that you are deeply passionate about that you can use on when you don't have it within yourself to push you. Mm-hmm. Number five is you have to understand that the game is 24 seven. There are people who, meditate once there are people who meditate for three years there are people who ask themselves what makes them happy once but the truth is is that this is a a constant process that you have to be engaged in throughout the course of your life that that doesn't necessarily mean 24 7 like every single day to focus on every single thing but it's a reiterative process if you ever like from a from a mental health perspective from like a mindset perspective, if you ever tell yourself like you've made it, you don't need to learn anything, you're screwed. And I know the times where my ego makes me think that, 
all of a sudden I get super anxious or I get, super, you know, I get depressed or something like that. Um, and so this is a reiterative process. It's not something where you just do it or like you just said it, you check it off and that's it. No, it's literally every single day. And that's why it's hard. You know, that's why there are people who are still writing books every day and making podcasts because not everyone has the answers and you have to do it every day. So I would say if you can look at those five things, um, truth, pain, energy, system, and 24-7, the continuous process, I think you could be good. But maybe not. I don't know. It's your life. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great summary. And I love how you, it's so scientific the way you approach it. You just like oh, hit me you. with those five things. Super like scientific. One. <laughs> one, the truth. Two, <laughs> you just hit me like that. But Mark, thank you so, so much for having this conversation with me. I think it's a very important conversation to have. And thank you for uh, sharing some of your personal stories with us. And I'm sure we will keep in touch. Laura, thank you so much. Uh, if people like this, I would definitely love them to um, add me on LinkedIn, follow me on Instagram. People should definitely shoot me a message. Let, let me know that you listen to this podcast. Let me know how I can help you. And um, yeah, Laura, you're awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks. Before ending this episode, I want to highlight Mark's formula to success. It is the combination of truth, pain, energy, systems, and consistency. I love Mark's ability to reflect on his decisions and actions. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And for those who may need help with social anxiety, please visit anxietycanada.com for resources. Thanks so much for listening, everyone.